0: Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you in part by Book of Zen, makers of wearable inspiration for a better world. Today's podcast has been edited and adapted from New Thought, Common Sense, and What Life Means to Me, by Ella Wheeler Wilcox, published in 1908. Do you ever stop and ask yourself for what you are living? Is it for a success in some undertaking? Then what are you doing to produce success? No matter how hard you may be working, unless you are finding pleasure and pride in your work and doing it with cheerfulness, you are not moving forward toward real success. One month of such application of your powers will achieve more for you than a year of grumbling, dogged work done with unwillingness and dislike of the task. Whatever you are doing, reason yourself into a love of your labor, until you can leave it for something more agreeable. One excellent way to reason along these lines is to see that every day given to an unpleasant task is bringing it nearer to its completion, when you then can abandon it. And even if it seems to you that such an end can never be attained, that the work you have in hand is endless. Remember that thought is the greatest miracle worker, and that thought is energy, and that by continual determination, coupled with continual aspiration and effort, you can bring any change you desire into your life. But no good results can be achieved by angry, purposeless rebellion or sullen discontent, or work done with hatred and disgust, however well done. Are you living for happiness? Well then, what are you doing to produce happiness? Are you dressing beyond your means, taking more days off than you can afford, buying more things than you need or can use? Are you eating and drinking solely for the pleasure of the palate, and for the enjoyment of the moment? And with no thought of what nourishes or what clogs the system and produces disease? Perhaps you say it takes all your strength and time to provide for the mere necessities of life, and you are unhappy because of this fact. But what are the necessities of life? Were you to be cast on a desert island with plenty of good water, grains and fruit, honey and nuts, you would be surprised to find how little food it takes to supply the body with nourishment and to sustain good health. I know, I know, we do not care to live as we would if obliged to dwell upon a desert island, but that does not prove the luxuries in which we indulge are, quote, life's necessities. So, in thinking over your life and its hardships and obligations, Do not put the blame on life's necessities when you find you are using all of your time and money and effort to merely live. You are really exhausting yourself to follow standards set by others. This can never produce happiness. If you wear yourself out in the struggle to buy a new car and to sustain one because your neighbors have this luxury and not because your income and position makes a new car a suitable possession. You will never reach happiness. Happiness in material things comes only in having what we really need, when we really need it, and when we can really afford it. Happiness comes from within the mind, never from without. That is an old, old statement, but it is eternally true. Happiness comes from self-respect and self-respect comes from the knowledge that we are living within our means, that we owe no one money we cannot eventually pay, that we are able to enjoy the changing seasons without running out to buy fashionable new clothes, and that we are able to find pleasure in walking when we cannot ride, and in keeping at work when we cannot take a vacation. Happiness lies in the consciousness of the privilege of life, Until you realize, apart from all material considerations, what a privilege life is, you cannot be happy. Think of the countless, extravagantly wealthy people whose lives have been shrouded in scandal, or drug addiction, or some other painful circumstance. Then you will be able to reason out how little wealth has to do with real happiness. Happiness must rest on character and character-building lies within the power of the poorest individual on earth. Build yourself a splendid mansion of the mind. Then, whether you live in a flat or a mansion, in a tenement in the city or in a cottage by the sea, you will know the secret of happiness. Wandering over this big little world of ours, and studying the people in many lands, one must be impressed with the vast preponderance of the living dead, who cumber the earth with their bodies, and rob the air of its oxygen, and disturb the silence with their complaints. People whose minds are dead to every thought save the needs of the body, whose souls are asleep so soundly that they are deaf to the call continually sounding through space to each immortal spirit on every sphere, the call to rise higher, and whose bodies are, in consequence, sources of discomfort, pain, misery and disease or some trivial worry. With thoughts bound to the wheel of physical anxiety, the days go around and around and their minds rise never beyond what to eat, what to wear, what to do to find amusement, what to do to get even with somebody for a fancied wrong or to get ahead of a rival. How to get cured of this and that ailment what to take to obtain personal strength, and for a slight variation of thought, how to make a fortune in a hurry. For mental recreation, they indulge in criticisms of others who have erred, who have fallen by the wayside, or who have risen too high upon the wave of fortune. There are thousands and tens of thousands, yes, millions of such people on earth. Are you one of these? If you are, know you are that which you live in dread of becoming, that is, you are dead. The real you is already, like John Brown's body, moldering in the grave of your own digging. But if you are willing to roll the stone of self away, and bid the eternal spirit within you rise, you can bring yourself to life. You do not need conversion by any priest, minister, rabbi, or monk. You do not need to subscribe to any creed. You do not need any change of heart, save the getting rid of your selfish, narrow, dull way of looking at life. All you need is to say to yourself, I am awake. I am alive to every glorious truth in this wonderful world. I am an immortal soul and there is nothing but light, joy, health, and power for me. Then begin your morning with a resolve to find the beautiful and good things in the day. In the weather, in the work you have to do, in the people you meet. If the weather greets you with fog and wind and rain, or snow and ice, light it up with your own spirit of sunshine. I have known people so radiant that they made everyone who approached them forget the weather. If your work is distasteful, love it into shape and keep in your mind a desire for something better and more congenial, and make yourself worthy of such work when it comes your way. No matter how uncongenial your task is today, consider it a blessing that you have employment, and push along to better things. Everything comes when we are fully ready. The law never fails. You may believe yourself worthy of better things than what has fallen to your lot, But there is some reason, some cause in yourself, if you have not what you desire. If you encounter people who are disagreeable, be so agreeable that you force them into a pleasant mood. Bring out the best in everybody by giving them the best that is in yourself. The poet Madeline Bridges put this great truth into these simple words. Give to the world the best you have, and the best shall come to you. Just so sure as you live these lines, so sure shall be your reward. But to do all this, you must be alive, alive every hour of the day. And all of you, brain, soul, and body, must be alive. Once you roll the stone away and come forth alive, you will vibrate at such a rate that worry, disease, poverty, despondency, gloom, and melancholy will be unable to stay with you. There is no excuse for idleness, despondency, and despair in this world, so long as you are alive. However hopeless the outlook may seem to you, however difficult the path before you, you can find the way to independence and success if you never let go. It may require a long time, but if you had your choice today, to stay in a dark foggy valley and slowly starve to death, to climb a steep, long mountain road which required years of endeavor and fatigue, yet led you to comfort and beauty at the top, you would, I am sure, start at once up the mountain. No matter what boulders lay ahead, you would try and climb over them. No matter what wild animals roamed over the mountain, you would face all the trials and dangers sooner rather than stay in the valley and die a slow death. That is precisely what you want to do now. To give up all the individual effort because there are trusts and monopolies in the land is to stay in the valley and die of inaction. To push on in a determined and never give up state of mind is to succeed in spite of everything. If you chance to see a successful person on the road, riding in a fancy car while you walk. Do not at once jump to the conclusion that they are your enemy and that they have robbed and cheated their fellow citizens to procure their luxurious method of locomotion. Such thoughts will take your force and vitality away from the object you have in view and will harm you, while they may also wrong your neighbor. It would be well for you to find out how that person came to own a fancy car before you condemn them for being a greedy capitalist. It has grown to be the habit of many unsuccessful people to class all individuals who possess comforts and luxuries in one mass with the idle, selfish, and oftentimes dishonest rich. There are indeed millionaires who came by their wealth through fraud and criminal methods. Many of them work on Wall Street. Likewise, there are capitalists who grind the poor and wrong their workers. But it is well to remember that there are also honest, noble, unselfish people with fortunes, and business people who are a blessing to the world, to the laboring classes, and to humanity. No more unjust and absurd idea ever existed than that mistaken impression that everyone who is rich, or even comfortably well off, have become so by oppressing others. Equally erroneous is the idea that only the poor have troubles, cares, or hardships. To be the possessor of a comfortable sum of money does not mean to be dishonest or unkind any more than poverty means honesty and unselfishness. There are all kinds of people in both classes. However poor you are, try at least to be just and fair in your estimate of others. Justice is one of the pillars in character building. Make yourself everything that is honest, noble, just, and deserving as you climb the mountain of life, and be careful before you condemn your neighbors. Wake up and see the magnificent opportunities which await the immortal being who is fully alive and press forward to the goal. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of LivingHour.org. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, which will ensure that we can continue our podcast for years to come. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Simply do a quick search for the Inspirational Living podcast at patreon.com to find our Patreon page and learn more, including the free gifts we offer to every patron. Subscribe to our free podcast today at the iTunes store or at stitcher.com. For free transcripts of our podcast, please visit us online at podcast.livinghour.org. Thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you next time.